Hello and welcome to the Agony Cast, where we are improving culture through friendly competition. I'm Jeremy, resident of the Confederacy, and with me this time are... Lars, chair, lamp, microphone. Nathaniel, I'm assuming it's you now. <laughs> yes, I'm Nathaniel. Oh, Jesus. I, I was uh, I was a monster, a monster from the deep. <laughs> yeah, I'm Nathaniel. I was recently let go as a Pizza Hut pothole filler. <laughs> timely, timely. Um, so, uh, regular listeners will know how our game is played. We begin with the two-minute win-it round. Two-minute win-it. Wherein uh, each of us will have a hypothetically uninterrupted <laughs> hypothetical two minutes uh, to respond to a previously determined prompt. Uh, for this time, uh, that was justify your top five favorite Halloween songs, not including Monster Mash. Because, of course, Monster Mash, as we all know, is not a, a Halloween song. That said, neither are any of the ones I selected. <laughs> um, so it looks like I'll, uh, I'll kick us off here. So... Uh, all right, let's do this. Number five is Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's a shock it's this low, but um, it is hamstrung by the fact that, as I said, it's not really a Halloween song, right? <laughs> There's nothing in that song that identifies that it's Halloween. In fact, I mean, if it's like in the middle of March, that'd be much scarier, you know? <laughs> That's a fair point. You don't see it coming. When it comes down to the ghouls and the specters, context is key. Because if you see them on Halloween, it's not a big deal. But if you see them in March, now you're spooked. Uh, speaking of which, this number five slot really should go to Rockwell's Somebody's Watching Me. Nice. Ah, Maybe yeah, yeah. before your time. No, I, I considered it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not that scary, but it does show the raw power of Motown's Barry Gordy, who compelled Michael Jackson to sing backup on his <laughs> right. son's song, right? Shocking. Um, so number four on my list is uh, Judy Sills the Donor. Um, this is a genuinely great, genuinely creepy song from a legitimately tortured figure. Um, Judy Sill, uh, you may not have heard of her, she's relatively forgotten and she wasn't really that well known even in her own time but um she was a sort of a folk singer but was into uh, the occult and uh, rosicrucianism um before she eventually od'd in her 30s so you Ooh. know really sort of lived the lifestyle <laughs> judy are you with us right now <laughs> yes hey judy what's rosicrucianism I don't, I don't know. That didn't come up in your reading? <laughs> no. <laughs> that wasn't the first book? I didn't have Wikipedia currently. <laughs> so what did you think it was? I just thought it was like the reggae stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> correct. Pastafarianism? Uh, Judy, what's happening on Mad Men next season? Oh, lots of finger banging. <laughs> That sounds right. All right, I'm exercising the spirit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Judy, I had to say, Judy, you are so close to your microphone. It is, it is, it is ear shattering. I'm inside the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that well, sounds like that's it. the first sign of a poltergeist. <laughs> um, okay, I'm off to go play with that little blonde girl. <laughs> oh, she Jesus. was openly bisexual. No. 
Okay. <laughs> um, and how? <laughs> in fact, her career got kind of spiked because she outed David Geffen, um, who held that against her. Although he's well, now what, what that openly. boy, the things that boy did to me. Yeah, this is going off the rails, Judy. Bye. <laughs> Uh, so, anywho, um, this song actually, the donor is um, sort of ostensibly about Christ and God. In fact, when she talks about uh, this song in some of her music, she says, you know, it's it's explicitly trying to get God's attention, right, to uh, pay attention to humanity. Huh. Um, and in fact, it repeats the Kyrie, Kyrie eleison, uh repeatedly. If you haven't heard this song, actually, it's like six minutes, six seven minutes. But do yourself a favor, uh, listener. Um, and listen to it. It's actually pretty uh, pretty hypnotic. Um, and if there's a song that could conjure a ghost, as we saw here, uh, this would be it. Honorable mention in this number four slot for <laughs> David Bowie's Black Star for pretty much the same reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, after David Bowie's quote-unquote death, um, <laughs> the uh, you know this album, his last album here, Black Star, got you know some measure of traction, but I think just because it was his, you know his memento mori not mm. not that it was an actual album but yeah. the title track there black star is explicitly about the occult um 10 minutes or so long and you know bowie himself was someone who dabbled in uh, in these sort of areas mm. so number four the judy seals the donor hat tip to uh to Bowie's Black Star. Uh, number three, uh, that's going to be everybody's favorite song from the Ghostbusters soundtrack. That's right, Mick Smiley's I Believe It's Magic. <laughs> uh, you'll remember this, uh, not as Ray Parker Jr.'s tune, but the one that plays when the ghosts are escaping. Oh, and yeah. And it just sort of has this haunting, please, that one. I Believe <laughs> It's Magic. Um, again, listen to that song, at least the second half of it when you get a chance. Uh, speaking of which, there's surprisingly little about busting ghosts on the Ghostbuster soundtrack. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the title track is on there twice. <laughs> it, it opens and closes the album. Uh, that's how you know it's good. Uh, number two, we've got the collected works of Gordon Lightfoot. Now, I know that one's a little bit of a cheat, but regular listeners will know that um, a good 60% of G. Light's catalog is specific crime scene details. How do you think the ghost got into that wishing well? Because Gordon pushed a homeless woman down there to die because it's the only way he can climax. How does he know so much about how the Edmund Fitzgerald wrecked unless he sunk it, the Ontarian bastard? Well, his thirst for sexual murder never slaked. Um, And then last, uh, number one here, uh, it's Thriller. Yes, that's right. Uh, It occupies a superposition. Number five and number one here on my list. Uh, I mean, you know, it's Thriller. Honorable mentions here for Stevie Wonder's Superstition, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and also mm-hmm. uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's Nightmare on My Street. That's right. a shout-out to Ryan, who's not with us here today. But number one, yeah, it's Thriller. I mean, it's still Thriller. Um, but we're not talking <laughs> about the regular uh, Thriller, so oh. let's up the scare factor a bit. Uh, take it away, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing? <laughs> 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 This is the better version. Wait, it's about to drop. Kashmara Kaugilipte Yen Chestabo Nepali 
మంత ఏమవుతావో కంగారు పడ్డ కన్న శృంగారమాన్ I believe that was in heavy rotation for us yeah, <laughs> about five years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nathaniel, you, remember the, you might remember this as the song I was listening to when we were splitting that hotel room and I ended up with volcanic diarrhea. And <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, I'm not sure I can blame the song, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's creepy overtones are evident. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's my list. Great list. That's a great list. But, any quibbles um, with any of my choices? I like that you squeezed in about eight songs as opposed to five. <laughs> uh, you despite, know me. despite being worried that there might be some overlap. Well, that's why it's lucky I so, went first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lucky. Random.org. Mm-hmm. It's true randomness. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's their selling feature. Yeah. Yeah, that's... No, I think it's great. I think that the, the paranormal, spooky effect of having Thriller be both last and first, uh, almost an echo of something biblical really mm-hmm. an yeah. inspired choice it's it's like a specter you know you think it's there and then it's actually there that's right but you know what that list is shit here comes mine <laughs> it's hard to pick just five but here are the five halloween ditties i like to listen to most around the hollywoods around, <laughs> <laughs> around the halloween season First of all, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> when there's something weird in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? Well, you call Ray Parker Jr. for this <laughs> delightful and slightly sexy theme. I've never heard of it. At this point, the song is eternally connected to the footage of Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob from an imaginary ghost, but that's just a fringe benefit of this great song. The tune completely holds up, even though Mr. Parker Jr. was successfully sued by Huey Lewis as a ripoff of Mr. Lewis's vastly inferior I Want a New Drug. But Mr. Parker Jr. deserves boundless credit for, and did you guys know this, also producing the song Hmm. and doing the vocals, guitar, bass, synth, and drums. That's all him. And it still sounds great on headphones. Like It's multi-layered, very immersive. Ray Parker Jr.'s (laughs) Ghostbusters can't say enough. Yeah, he was the prince of his time, who was also prince. And that's your number five? <laughs> that's my number five. It Damn. only gets better from, better from here. Second, In the Midnight Hour by Wilson Pickett. This classic soul track doesn't technically apply to Halloween, but it does establish a groovy mood and a late-night ambiance that fits well into any Halloween party. Trust me, <laughs> at your next Halloween shindig, put on In the Midnight Hour by old Wicked Pickett. Is this a KTEL ad? <laughs> this is a. This is like. A, no. <laughs> Third, the track "Dangerous Bridge" from an ambient horror movie cassette tape called "A Night in a Graveyard" by Eerie Sounds Music Company, produced in 1987. My dad and I used to play this at our house growing up. Uh, outside of our front door for trick-or-treaters, and I never admitted it, but it always scared the dickens out of me. (laughs) Still, when I want to go for a truly affective Halloween vibe, I go for Dangerous Bridge from A Night in the Graveyard, and especially my favorite passage, where a man warns you not to go on the bridge. Let me break you off a piece. Be careful of this bridge. Oh, why? I don't. Not safe, you say. <laughs> well, should I cross it? Wait for it. <laughs> what? Wait a minute, you're saying I should cross the bridge? 
Okay, wait. I'm going to cross this bridge. Okay, okay, okay. Wait. Say, just say it one more time. Oh, God. Classic. I still get shivers. Don't cross the bridge as if a, a haunted remainder of an echoing silence. Wait, wait, Lars, stop. Uh, so this is a sound effects record? Yeah, it's a sound effects record. Well, did you guys have a bridge? Uh, no, no, no bridge. Uh, but I did, you know, I just... So you, it's just, it's more baffling than terrible. <laughs> yeah, you know what, you close your eyes and it's like you're there. I mean, the interesting thing about some of these uh, sound effects records is that they're ambient right and that they're producing the music for the thing but also there's a storyline to them sure. so this is a night in the graveyard and so it sort of gives you like a uh you know almost like an audio tour at a museum uh you know where uh you know you're, you're getting the full the full effect of halloween yeah. and an adventure into a dangerous place and a bridge that you should not cross but yeah. then spoilers you cross the bridge you know that's that what does sound, sound like an erotic journey but sorry yeah. go ahead oh it's it's the most it's the most erotic uh okay fourth song jimmy buffett by irene kelly uh this is actually not a song uh but rather <laughs> that's that's two <laughs> an entry from a private notebook of my grade school gym teacher who was killed under mysterious circumstances uh as soon as i heard she'd been murdered i was in a fourth grade i raced to her faculty locker which i, I figured she left unlocked and i purloined her diary uh, hoping to grasp onto some of the dark energy that it would surely emit after her untimely demise. Uh, the the entry is not actually that scary. Uh, it's mostly recollections of inebriated evenings she spent at Jimmy Buffett concerts and uh, an extended tearful passages in which she anticipates the next Jimmy Buffett concert that she'll go to. Still, when it comes to just a kind of a vaguely spooky atmosphere, I take out my old dead gym teacher's bedazzled journal and read this passage about love lost and dreams made at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Song number five. Um, oh, this is pretty. Okay, song number five is pretty boilerplate. Uh, this is the Invocation of Satan from SpellsOfMagic.com. Um, this is actually the script of a chant that I do when I want to be visited by Satan. Uh, it's kind of a bitch to set up. Like you need a, an ath athame, also known as a bowline, which is a black-handled ceremonial oh, a bowline, knife. Sure. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, well you, you've. I mean, I know you've got bowlines. Uh, black-handled ceremonial knife in which to invoke Satan. Um, oh, mine are pearl-handled, but. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be black. You got to be careful. Yeah. Um, I bet. If, I bet I can invoke Santa. Oh yeah, that's probably it. I mean, cause no, that's the, if it's peppermint handled. Uh, the chant begins, as I'm sure you know, in the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king of the world. I command the forces of darkness to bestow their infernal power upon me. Blah blah blah. Uh, it usually doesn't work, uh, but it sure beats dying of a heart attack, which is how Wilson Pickett died, and mm -hmm. also Irene Kelly, my gym teacher, if you believe the official coroner's report. <laughs> Those are my five. Yeah. Were any of those songs? I guess yeah. Ray Parker Jr., the multi-instrumentalist, got five songs because he did all the tracks in That's one. That's right. right. Ghostbusters in the Midnight Hour. I think that the Dangerous Bridge is breaking <laughs> truly new sonic walls. Uh, gym teachers. I mean, I could tape me reading my gym te dead gym teacher's journal. Uh, yeah. in, in, with, the bridge, with the bridge sound effect behind you? 
Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, <laughs> that might be too spooky. So this is really just an ont- an ontological meditation about what is a song? What is a song? What is death? What is Halloween? Is it just a maybe it's just a moving toward All Saints Day, which yeah, is yeah. a lot lighter. I mean, if 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 Brian Eno's music for Airport counts, then surely yeah. Lars's bridge track gets the job done. Yeah, music yeah. for graveyards. Yeah, well, you've you've convinced me. I'm in the wrong. That's right. So, so did your fourth grade gym teacher <clears throat> was was so you've got issues with the coroner's report? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. I think there was something far more sinister than the heart attack. I mean, she was uh, obese, which was a funny experience to have uh, having an obese gym teacher, but. Uh, yeah, uh, and we oh, and we were merciless. Don't worry, uh, yeah. that was before. That's good. Well, I was. I was concerned. Yeah, yeah. don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, everything's okay. All right. Well, Nathaniel, you want to uh, trot yours out? Okay. Um, so number five for me is "Spooky" by Dusty Springfield. Oh yeah. Um, in part, I like it as a kind of um, treatment of love itself as a haunting experience. Nice. So she describes the boy in the song as ghost-like hmm. and as someone that's been haunting her dreams. So nice. I like that. Plus, it's got a really good bass line yeah. in it that I like quite a bit. Um, four is Dracula's Wedding by Outkast. Mm, great choice. <laughs> um, even though he sings it from the ceiling, he is terrified of you. Um, so... It's lyrically very nice with its references to Dracula. So, mm-hmm. again, so it does what it says on the label. <laughs> yes, that's what I like about that. It's, I like songs that have the title in the song. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. And I'm and I'm two for two on my top five. Um, oh, I've also forgot. I'm sorry. I skipped ahead. There was um, I was the, at number five. My runner five is a lot to hold. Yeah, 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 yeah. My and my notes are a bit confusing. My runner-up for number five was Maneater by Hall and Oates. Mm. Um, again, you know, it depends on, you know, I, I wanted a, a female perspective as opposed to a male perspective there. Um, right, the idea that for, for women find men haunting and men find women to be sexually aggressive is mm. weirdly backwards, actually, as far as history has played itself out. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, plus there's a great scene in the Maneater music video where I, th- I forget Hall and or Oates looks at the camera uh, out of the shadows. That's quite spooky. Mm. Yeah. Well, you got to figure that that song is based on on Vathek, right? <laughs> on what? The 18th century novel Vathek about the uh, uh, ambiguous woman who hangs around and eats children, hangs around a graveyard. Ah, or something. yeah, that one. Oh yeah, obviously oh, Hall uh, and Oates were uh, were lit scholars of the 18th century. Yeah. The, the, the long the long 18th century is that what they did right yeah <laughs> yeah um, number three which was a runner-up for for Jeremy is Nightmare on my street there by we go. Mm, by uh, will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff um, I liked it for the way that it mixed uh, spooky sounds with that funky beat that they were known for sure mm-hmm. um, there are times in the song where they don't pull it off but there are moments when they do and it's it's pretty moving um, plus there's the lyric He's burnt up like a weenie, and his name is Fred. Right. Um, which is, I mean, it's clear that Will Smith is the rapper, and, and DJ Jeff is the DJ. Right. Um, all right, number two is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah <laughs> by Tracy Jordan or Donald Glover, depending on who you ask. Huh. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's some controversy about who's actually singing it in the background. Is it is it Donald Glover doing his Tracy... 
uh, Morgan or Tracy Jordan impression, and I'll play it for you to let you be the judge. Oh, check this out. My key to the city of Gary, Indiana. Mm, look at this, and my gold record from that novelty party song. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, so that's that. There's also, uh, for those of you interested, there's a longer version of that. There's a, The full version of that is available on YouTube. Um, that was a clip from the show, 30 Rock, that we're all familiar with. Uh, and then number one, because I took this list seriously, is the song This Is Halloween by Tim Burton. Nice. Mm. Um, which states in the song, this is Halloween. Um, <laughs> and then and then goes on to describe Halloween. Halloween, yeah. And all the things that are entailed, not only in the holiday, but also, if you're familiar with the, the music video or, this, or the moment from the movie, what goes into the production of Halloween, um, which is what I very much like about the song, not simply as an expression of Halloween or a song that's supposed to get you in the mood for Halloween, but a song that literally just explains this is right. what Halloween is, um, which, as you know, is one of my big things I like about music, uh, right. when the song does what it says it's going to do and, and is about what the title suggests it's going to be about. Nice. Um, and as a song that's actually about Halloween, I think the only song that we've discussed this afternoon that is about Halloween, I think it is the rightful number one. Well, he's got us there. This yeah. is reminiscent of when you went into that art gallery and said, I like pictures that look like stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that yesterday. <laughs> well, that list was pretty spooky scary. And, yep. you know, again, even though he's not here, Ryan's oh, yeah. ghostly premise, uh, presence is felt, right? Yeah, yeah that's it was, right. It's a pretty Ryan list, if, if I have to be honest. Were yeah. he here, though, I assume that he would select any song from the Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic album because of the uh, feats of violence he witnessed from his father and associated with those yeah. haunting yeah. rhythms. It's really the reception history of that album that makes it spooky scary. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's like Helter with Skelter. The, with all that spooky, with, with the mention of spooky scary, it's funny nobody mentioned spooky scary skeletons. Uh, hmm. Which is uh, sort of a modern classic of, uh, you know, of, of the of the youth. Mm, Lars, I don't really associate skeletons with Halloween. I think that's kind of a reach. That's interesting. You you, you think of it more as sort of like a, a just a funeral funereal vibe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Most funerals, including the one David Lynch proctors, <laughs> hang up skeletons around the corpse just to remind you. Yeah. Right. Eventually, it'll be this. Yeah. Mm. Or depending on how long you wait for the funeral, it might already be that. I did go to a funeral of a uh, relative, it's sort of a distant relative, and the preacher up there was just full fire and brimstone, and he was pointing at the corpse saying, Whoa. this is your future, this is wow. your future. Jeez. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the scene from Beetlejuice or something? That's intense. Oh, I, I am related to the family in Beetlejuice. Wow. Now, this um, might be a mea culpa, so I might want to save it for that segment, but I feel like that Jeremy's raised a really interesting point with respect to our previous discussion of the Lynch funeral, which is how long after the bu person died is the funeral held? No, it's before death. Before okay. Death. Okay. Okay. They're probably Good. Charles Krauthammer is probably <laughs> resurrected and then ritualistically killed at the funeral. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Kind of a you can ritualistically kill someone with cancer, not someone with cancer, but use cancer as the thing you kill someone with ritually. They're doing things with CRISPR you wouldn't believe. Nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like computers it's like, today. Uh, you know, 
Yeah, it's like that Spanish pilgrimage. I mean, it's a ritual, but it takes months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are we sponsored by CRISPR now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how I got that third testicle. <laughs> Kickbacks. You weren't able to make the payments without the sponsorship? Yeah, he didn't get it using CRISPR. He bought it off the street, but he used the CRISPR money to pay for it. I could. I mean, I thought we were sponsored by that CRISPR, but it's just like a machine that makes bacon taste good. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's an oven. You can use you can use CRISPR for that. Okay, good. Keeps your lettuce fresh. Hmm. Don't like that one, huh? <laughs> no. All right, that's, that's a pass for me. That's a hard pass. Um, well, you know, here's the good news. We've clearly done a deep, deep dive into Halloween songs here, and I think using the knowledge that we've learned, we're well, and there we go. More skeletons on the way. <laughs> That's right. Cops are coming for us. Well, let's finish this up. We did too good a job. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, I think we can use this knowledge to construct the ultimate Halloween song. That's right. So let's think about it here. I think what we have to do with any good Halloween song is we've got to get back to basics, right? Get back yep. to the scares. Yeah. Um, so what is it that scares you guys? Mm. Loud voices? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately not. Sitting mm. too close to your microphone. <laughs> microphone, <laughs> yeah. I like list, lists of scary things is scary. Okay, because it's mm. all enumerated in front of you? Yes. I like things that are, uh, I, think, I find things scary if they're only hinted at, you know, and you have to kind of find them in dark corners. It's like, see, see the entire you know, literary canon of H.P. Lovecraft for evidence of this. So antithetical to the previous one. I like where this is going. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I think we can stitch all these together. Well, you can have a loud voice explaining, like, I can't tell you this, it's a secret. I mean, that that would work. Um, here's part of the list, but not the full thing. <laughs> right, that's right. I was working on my list late one night. <laughs> You're really breaking your own rules here, Jimmy. <laughs> um... Now, for me, what's probably scariest is either having to interact with a person I don't already know mm -hmm. or um, when I don't know where the nearest appropriate bathroom is. Oh, that's a good one. There's, that's, yeah. that's a rich vein. I think that's the place we need to go. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could go. Maybe. What about this? What if, what if you find the bathroom, but then you have to sell your soul to use it, but it's the only bathroom around? <laughs> and then you just end up shitting on the Grim Reaper or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, you can't go out here. Devil went down to water closet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and you and he get into, you and the devil get into a shitting contest. And, oh, yeah. well, I think I've got that. Smart boys. <laughs> Do you have a bathroom in there? No. Ah, <laughs> oh, doctor. So let's see. We've got loud voices. We've got lists. We've got the opposite of lists. <laughs> um, inappropriate bathroom facilities. Yep. Uh, which which should and that could be done. And we wouldn't have to list those. I think to make Lars happy, we could just have the subtle sounds of <laughs> just in the background. Of, yes. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, sounds well, of, of sounds of gender neutral bathrooms. <laughs> I don't know. If, well, I don't know if it would be a bathroom. I think it could just be somebody like, uh, uh, yeah. just a lot of moaning. I gotta yeah. go. Don't go in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Occupado. Five times. Just so you get it. Just reiterate. Yeah. yeah. 
What about okay? So you know, one thing honestly, I feel like that that you guys are familiar with, or at least Nathaniel, is that movie Troll Hunter. Yes, which I think marries a lot of these things, right? It's both very specific, but you know, the 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 object of search is hidden mm-hmm. until the end. The only thing that it lacks is that bathroom component. So maybe it could be like, you know. Uh, bathroom hunter or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, this is interesting because, I mean, as you noticed, a lot of soundtrack uh, items came up on our list. So maybe what we need to write is the theme song to Troll Hunter, which by oh. definition would be inherently the scariest Halloween yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I'll contribute the first hunter. line. <laughs> um, I was hunting some trolls <laughs> late one night. <laughs> when my eyes didn't behold an and eerie f- sight. And the fjords of Norway held a terrifying fright. I'd eaten a burrito. <laughs> the previous night? <laughs> <laughs> How many times? What if we? What if? What about this? Because we seem both to be entranced by things that are familiar and yet things that are unfamiliar. We end every line with night. night. How about that? Then we wouldn't have to worry about the rhyming scheme. It could just be night, 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 night. Yep. It's a a a a a a a. rhyme scheme. I yeah. obtained a blood sample late one night, <laughs> and then I ate a burrito the very same night. <laughs> And the troll had rabies. It got it at night. (laughs) Oh, doctor. Troll hunting night. Troll hunting night. That's perfect. Yep. This thing writes itself. (laughs) The forms had to be completed just that night. (laughs) I think we did it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think we've got the most exquisite of corpses. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so moving forward here to our speed round. Speed round. Um, so our listeners will know this is where we uh, respond in an impromptu fashion to randomly determined statements. It's, it's, where, the wheels, it's where the wheels really fall off. <laughs> uh, let's see. So our first one here is, um, what are some secrets of the forthcoming, but as of yet unannounced? I don't know why that qualifier is in there. Blossom <laughs> reboot. What are some secrets of the forthcoming Blossom reboot? Okay, hey, let me take the lead on this one. Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Riverdale, that TV show? Uh, no. no. Is it? Is it? Is it in the Archieverse? It's in the Archieverse. It's amazing. You should watch it. It's uh, it's like the OC, but Archie, and it is both very sexy and filmed in that kind of dark, bar- like dark fluorescent style, like American Gods or something. And it's a teen drama, and it's a soap opera, and, you know, uh, in sort of roundabout ways, the character and characters end up acting like and engaging in plots, uh, oftentimes virtually identical to the original Archie comics, except much sexier. Uh, but then also, you know, it's like a sort of, uh, I don't know, it's like the Batman Begins of, of Archie comics. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very strong. So I wonder. So when what you said Blossom take the lead like. on the Blossom sequel, you just meant I really want to tell you guys about Riverdale. I mean, I'm setting the tone, okay, and okay. you're welcome. By yeah, the way, uh, yes. The, the you know uh, I feel like Blossom. Ooh, Blossom could be you know sort of a mysterious lady. Uh, why does she wear those '90s clothes and? Why, who's hiding behind that huge nose of hers? Do you think they'll get the same actress or a different person? Hmm. I mean, you're pitching it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. We'll get the yeah. same actress and then surround her by younger, different actors. Hey, isn't 
Isn't Blossom now on the Big Bang Theory? Yep. Oh, a... I wish our resident oh. Big Banger was here. God, he's yeah. never here when we need him. Yep. Where is he, by the way? He's um, on vacation. I think he's doing a. I think he's doing field work. Okay. Mayim Bialik. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure. I mean, I think if we can't get her back because she's tied up with Big Bang, I mean, could it be like a six spinoff? <laughs> Called Seven? Yes, called Seven. Five, six, seven, and it's all the siblings of that family. Mm-hmm. Because the parents started at five and then just went up from there. Yeah, what what, what were the defining characteristics of six? Uh, hat. hat. The hat, yeah. That's it. I thought Blossom had the hat. Oh, no, you're right. Six I think had the she too. was the, the more... Because f- Blossom was a bit of a nerd, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't remember. Everybody was wearing hats back then. Yeah, it was all hats. Oh, it was hat. This hat was before city. your time, but you couldn't go outside. It was basically like the 40s. You couldn't yeah. go outside without a hat on. With a flower on it. Huh. There were a yeah. lot of... Okay, wait a minute. So the show... Okay, so there's the dad, and then yep. there's the son, Joey, and then there's mm-hmm. the daughter, Blossom. And then there's a... Is there another brother? I'm looking at the posters and there's two other children and I have no idea who they are. There was another brother, but then he went upstairs one season and then they <laughs> never addressed him ever again except that he went off to Vietnam. Okay. Um, Those 90s were tough. I think you're... Yeah, I'm going to let that one slide. And then the, and then Joey Lawrence would make the jukebox start by hitting it with his elbows. Yeah, I, that's my recollection of it, sure. Yeah. Um, so some, uh, some other forthcoming, uh, or some secrets of this forthcoming Blossom reboot. Um, according to Lars, Jughead is going to be on there eating hamburgers without his shirt on. Yep. That's right. It's going to be in black and white. Yep. We're going back. Oh, but just oh. her hat's in color. Okay, so I had this other thing that I want to share with you guys. Uh-huh. Speaking of Riverdale, right? So if you watch Riverdale, uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a show, you know, and, uh, and everyone on there is, uh, like gobsmackingly attractive it's 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 wild you'll smack your gob right in your gob and the uh but the only person who's not that attractive is jughead he's just kind of this normal emo looking teen which makes sense because he's supposed to be an emo looking teen is he our mary sue is he our way in well yes yes that's the idea but the thing is i was like why how did that guy even make it onto the show and he is cody from the sweet life of Zack and Cody, followed by mm. the sweet life of Zack and Cody on deck, everything else. But then that put me down this rabbit hole of the Disney live action universe, which some people have theorized is all one Gotta thing, be. right? Mm. So the yeah. sweet life, that's so Raven, Miley Cyrus, iCarly, which is a Waverly Place, all the favorites, right? But the thing is, those, that universe, Saint much like, yes, so that's, okay, so that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, the, um, there's crossover with the Friday night TGIF because at some point somebody on the one of these shows appeared on Girl Meets World, which connects them to Boy Meets World, which is part of the TGIF verse. And apparently the Friday night uh, whatever Friday night ABC verse extends back to St. Elsewhere, suggesting that every show, including Riverdale, is in fact in a snow globe held by uh, you know a boy yeah. with a learning disability. So. so- yeah, by the transitive property, that means the Blossom reboot is going to take place within the Deadwood movie. That's right. That's yeah. right. Lots yes. of swears. That's yeah. there. There's your hot tip. Yeah, yep. and I think we see Blossom and Six having just a dirt covered fist fight in the streets of the Old West. Ooh, that unmanned eye. unmanned by Six. I'm trying to think of insults that are okay to say on the radio. This isn't the radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think we pretty much uh, cracked that acorn. 
Um, so you, you can take those uh, secrets of the forthcoming Blossom reboot to the bank. Our next one is as yet unidentified cryptids, and you know this kind of kind of taps into our Halloween in August feel. That uh, um, you know there are a lot of sp- uh, spooky creatures out there lurking around, living their lives that we don't know about yet. And what are some as yet unidentified cryptids? Who's stealing my socks? Is that a cryptid? Uh, yeah. I think we need songs to explain what a cryptid is next time. Yeah. I was thinking about a cryptid late one <laughs> night. night. Uh, Lars, that is probably Smallfoot. Uh, um, notorious sock thief. Yeah. yeah, not to be confused with Bunny Hole that rips little <laughs> holes in men's underwear. Mm. <laughs> bunny Hole, you say? Yeah, Bunny Hole. Huh. Let's see. What are some others here? This actually isn't as productive as you'd think it would be. Now, can we just talk about cryptids we already know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. What are, what's your favorite cryptid, Nathaniel? Um, oh, I don't know. Probably is Loch Ness. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Showy. I've always liked Trunko, the Margate monster. Later revealed to be, as many things are, a whale carcass. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Loch Ness is just another foreigner taking an American monster's job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's right. What about Champ the domestic is over monsters? Here. Yeah. We have Champ. Yeah, Lake Champlain. I've, se- I've seen Champ. What did you think? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't blow me away. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was like, that's. I mean, that's cool and all, but, you know, I don't know. Did you see? I assume you saw Champ in Lake Champlain. He's not walking the shores, right? No, I saw him. Uh, I saw him uh, tell you ride. Yeah, he was uh, taking his daughter for a freshman orientation there at Middlebury College. <laughs> What's his daughter's name? Champ. Well, <laughs> is it like, like a George, George Foreman, Foreman situation? Like a George Foreman thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good old Champ. Do you think George Foreman qualifies as an unidentified cryptid? Uh, yeah, for sure. I I'm mean, not comfortable with this line of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he definitely was a champ. So <laughs> wheels within wheels. Yeah, I think Jeremy opened up the question a little bit. Not is George Foreman champ, but is George Foreman a, a potentially cryptid? Okay, okay, that does not. Is champ. the population of George Foreman's living in the ocean right now? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I mean. I mean, well, you know, the, I mean that uh, the George Foreman grill is very difficult to categorize. So mm. maybe is that a cryptid? It is. That's a great point. Yeah, it's a hybrid. It's a cryptid kitchen appliance. Yeah, I mean we've never seen one in person, right? Yeah, yeah. I was making a panini late one night <laughs> when I started to get heartburn late that night. <laughs> Did you guys see that some guy running for office just got into a little bit of a whoopsie because he posted all this Bigfoot erotica? Yes. Yes. I don't think we should Bigfoot shame people anymore. No. That's true. For the Bigfoot erotica. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right, yeah. Because he he had a picture of Bigfoot with the dong covered by a black mark. And then people complained, and then he kept posting things, except he started to post the Bigfoot naked picture with his face 
on in front of the dog. Well, that's yeah. my only quibble is the lack of accuracy there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, also, I think it's high time we we legalize it so that cryptic sex workers can have protections under the law. Yeah, that's right. But how are we going to find them? I mean, yeah. if, to protect them, we have to identify them, and then they're no longer. Oh, so cryptic. you want them to have papers, Lars? We take Commandante Trump's Space Force. They round up all these cryptids. Yep. They send them back to where they came from, which was still here. We paper them, and then we give them sexual health. Yeah, I think that that's I think that's a perfect idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I mean, who's more native than Champ? Right? He's he's. I think indigenous is the term, Lars. Excuse me. Who's more indigenous than Champ? We don't. I mean, how would we know? There's yeah, the rub. Have to ask him, and then he wouldn't be a cryptid anymore. Well, the hunt continues, um, but moving on, now that humans love to tweet, what noises will songbirds make to stay hip and relevant? This has got to be a Ryan question. Now that humans love to tweet, what noises will songbirds make to stay hip and relevant? Fart noise! (laughs) You're waiting on that. I mean, surely they could make up rhyming songs that end with night at every line. (laughs) Yep. I'm sitting in a tree. It's not night. And but my left last night my wife left me. That was at night. Yikes! That took a a, a turn that is as dark as night. This bird yeah. is singing the blues. I assume birds are usually singing the blues. Oh, bluebirds, yep. blue yeah. bluebirds, bluebirds, classic. Like gurgling noises, nightingales. <laughs> that sounds is that is that kind of like a sexy sound or kind of yeah. like a drowning sound or maybe both. Sex. They gotta be. I mean, they're they're trying to stay hip, so they're trying to sex up gurgles. Oh yeah. What if birds just turned to turned to constantly screaming? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's nothing but crows here in the northwest, as I've said before, and I think that the crows are out ahead of that game. Well, they're you know, really... crows are pretty hip, so they're on the leading edge of that curve. Yeah, you know? that's true. Have you been counting crows, Lars? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I mean, usually it's just a murder. Yeah. Late one night. <laughs> what about those songbird noises, though? Well, you know what? I gotta tell you that this is really like this is a question that needs to be answered because that Dumbo reboot is coming out, and Mm. I think I mean not to you know obviously this is always where I go this specific topic of minstrel three, but of course I I do get off your hobby horse. But at some point, I mean, like the the, here's the thing: if I see an elephant fly, is both the most offensive and the most unacceptable Disney song. And yet the best Disney song hmm. that has probably, well, one of the best. Uh, I hesitate to ask, what's the other one? Um, I mean, it's from Song of the South. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't I think that the, uh, well, what, I mean, probably do you want to build a snowman, I guess. Huh. Which is really on the other, it's on anyway, the other side of the whole thing. So back to songbird noises. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting if every songbird had to scat sing and they had to do it with each other. Now right. that's something you'd want to hear, right? Yeah. So then I start with the boop 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 boop, and then, and then I come in with a wa na na wa na na wa na na wa na na. That's kind of like I'm doing like kind of That's a drum, Morse code, like a beatbox. Yeah, <laughs> they're also long, short, long, short, 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 long, 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 short, short, short. Yeah, that's right. There's a message in there. <laughs> we go on. This is round two. I feel like maybe they're. What if they just switch to uh, that that type of communication where you have the flag? What about that? 
semaphore. semaphore? Yeah. yeah. They, what about birds engage in semaphore with their wings? I, oh, well, yeah. I was thinking Aldous lamps, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> that is interesting. So once tweeting happens, they're, they're past it, right? They can't yeah. even anymore. Nope. So they move on to a, a visual medium. I'm more interested in flags now. Yeah. Really big into flags. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. See, I think I think that semaphore is the next way for birds to really make a splash in the animal communication scene. You know, mm. are there any are there any animals they could learn from? Are there any animals that already use? Probably birds <laughs> that use plumage to. Oh, uh, you're <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you're right. God, this just this peacocks. I mean, basically, doesn't that what peacocks? That's what peacocks do. Well, but I don't think that they do it in a pattern. I think they just kind of show them off, you know. Or turkeys, you know. That's, the what, male. You, that's what you think. You speak peacock? Yeah. Lars isn't even getting a boner from the peacocks. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's a static. Their wings are uniform, right? I mean, the, the, the plumage. It, yeah, that's what semaphore flags. That's how they work. Yeah, yes, Nathaniel, but I'm yeah. saying that Speaking I Speaking of Halloween, <laughs> editing this is going to be a nightmare. I was editing this podcast late one night. Ugh. <laughs> we're not, not we're out of semaphore jokes? Yeah, let's roll this into the grave, as it were. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to the vote here. Um, so, Lars, this text I got from you that says I'm still a bit close to the mic, that was at <laughs> that least was right that was about an hour ago. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Saved you on editing there. Thank you. Thank you. For fuck's sake. Um, So I'll go first. Um, You know, you can't vote for yourself uh, ordinarily. So I think think I'll go with Nathaniel um, because, you know, he he did what the prompt asked him to do. He found his top song, which explained what Halloween was. So how can you have a song that's better than that? So I'm going with Nathaniel. Lars, I think it's your Oh, turn. yes, that's right, that's right. I'm sorry, I, I got so excited uh, to... Um, yeah, I guess I so, could uh, file multiple votes. No, 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 that's <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's right. No more voter fraud. Uh, yeah, I'll say Nathaniel, too. I thought, uh, you know, he thought he did a great job. Um, uh, you know, the he was... A, well, okay, no, I'm switching to Jeremy, sorry. Whoa. I was trying to think, even though, even though Nathaniel did a great job and also often used the I was blanking in a blank late one night uh, formula. I just realized it was really Jeremy that got us to that place, so I have to give uh, credit where credit's due. Okay, well, I'm not going to vote for <laughs> Lars because of that veiled vasectomy reference and the notion of blank, blank. That's right, because you can no longer inseminate people, nor can you urinate, as is my understanding of vasectomy. <laughs> I was sleeping with my wife yeah. late one night. Yeah. Vasectomies is... And she did <laughs> get pregnant that very same night. I'd had a vasectomy a previous night, and <laughs> finish and now it. Because he can't. To not... <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's the that's the appropriate cut. Okay. Um. Ooh, so yeah, I have that's... cast a tie-breaking vote. <laughs> well, potentially. Yeah, actually, I, actually, I, I can't this, because I can't vote for myself. <laughs> you have to vote for me. <laughs> or for me. Um, I vote for Ryan, who won by not being here. Yeah, the only way to win is not to play. Agreed. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
I'm not finished. I like that idea that scat people would be upset with each other like a British legislative <laughs> session. Like, excuse me, sir. I have not finished. Lars, don't Google scat people after you're finished with this. Uh, so based on that, we'll just select one from the list here. Um, so next time we'll, we will address what non-domesticated animal would make the best pet. Cannot be human. What non-domesticated animal would make the best pet? Uh, so I hope you join us next time as we address that. Uh, boys, take it away. Late one night. <laughs> <laughs>